last time on D&D. Graf just smiles and says, I love you, Callie. And he reads the note. And you see she's written for Sire. He hangs her head for a second and just looks up at you. Sorry, Callie. We're just trying to make sure that we're working together. Couldn't you just let it go? Why do you always have to know, Graf? If this oracle is worth its salt, we might make it out of here alive. And there, the oracle is suspended. It's hanging by a couple threads. And it gleams and glistens in the, in the soft gray Mornland light. All of a sudden, you can just see the Warforged out in the plaza just stop in their tracks. Have they seen this oracle? You're not quite sure. But you can hear Lieutenant Sunder. Attack! Great! Orange Eyes presents a Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition campaign. DM'd by Alex LaFerrier. Starring Andrew Gallagher playing Erd. Ian Seelig playing Garum. And John Seelig playing Graf. Eberron Chronicles, Oracle of War, Season 2. So we find our adventurers in the Fireweave Bazaar. You've just extracted the Oracle of War from the depths of the message station. The message station where you reconvened with faces from the past. Callie Alron, Nella Hawthorne, and a new face, Sprocket, the Warforge. Speaking of Warforge, you guys are surrounded by an army of Warforge that have been attacking the Grey Dogs for the past couple days here in the Fireweed Bazaar. Reinforcements have arrived in terms of the Iron Juggernaut, which came crashing through the walls, sending debris, dust, and mayhem into the plaza, in which the dust quickly is kicked up by the treads of this Iron Juggernaut, the feet of the Warforged that are pouring out of the Juggernaut, as well as other soldiers that seem to be searching and pillaging other aspects of the Fireweave Bazaar. And you find yourself at a predicament. The Oracle has been extracted. Parts of the Grey Dog have been found. And now, Callie's eyes blaze with an intensity that show that she wants to get this Oracle out of here. It's been her job, it's been her quest this whole time. Yet, you know about one last Grey Dog member, Dervo, who tried to escape from the message station with a fellow acquaintance, Tandor, that you've met and was slain inside the rug shop at the entrance of the Fireweave Bazaar. You've learned that Dervo is in the exact opposite of both exits here in the plaza, inside bolts and tumblers, leaving you all with a tough decision to pigeonhole yourselves down the hallway where the Warforged army could potentially attack you guys with tons of advantage, or to t take advantage of the two exits that exist in the plaza. The choice is up to you, and we'll see what the rabble decides to do. What do you guys want to do? I think our only hope is to do what this thing says, because we're going to get throttled by an army of Warforged if we try to fight head on. Well, we can pick and choose what we want to do. This Oracle of War has given us helpful tips and uh, battle strategies, but we could use one or two and then just scoot on out. Yeah, if everyone's looking for this damn thing and it's so good, maybe we listen to it and see how far we get, huh? So we don't have to do all of these things. We only need a couple. Right. These are just helpful tin. It basically is just giving us weak points for our enemies. We can pick and choose which things we want to do. Uh, we can pick and choose which battles we want to fight compared with which ones we want to just run away from. And you said Dervo's where? Dervo is in Bolts and Tumblers. 
which is right next to Hounds of Baracus, both of which are right to the north of us. And that is the opposite direction of the exit. Both exits. All right. Well, I think we should try to get there if we can, because there's two options for Hounds of Baracus, and then that puts us closer to Durbo. So do we try to take everyone to Hounds of Baracus, or do we just send a few, leave the Oracle behind with a couple people to defend it? Or do we try to lug the Oracle of War through the bazaar where there are no less than eight or ten Warforged along with that Iron Defender? This thing still has ropes on it, right? The Oracle is suspended by rope. It's literally hanging. Right. So let's assume we can get it on the ground where we want it. Then we can take those ropes, use the whole team to pull it. I don't think we should split the party. I don't think we should leave it behind. We've come this far. It is made of wood, right? Do we want to be dragging it on this broken, shoddy rock floor? It's on a platform, right? No, the Oracle is just a giant wooden chest. It has little legs that are maybe like three inches tall. Like feet. Little feet. How bumpy and busted is the floor? It's pretty bumpy and busted, especially considering you guys fell through it into the basement. I'm going to make a perception to see if there's like a piece of plywood or a couple of two by fours or something that I can grab to make shift the platform. There are. You find them. I do that. So you makeshift a platform like underneath the oracle as it's suspended in the air in order to hold it up? Or more like once we get it onto the ground, that's where the feet will be on so we can slide it around without damaging it as much. We can skid it around, yeah. I like that. Sure, but the railing will quickly come to an end and you're going to have to put a new track in front of it if that's what you're trying to do with pieces of wood. It's so heavy, wouldn't it just kind of like bring them along with it, like a rug that doesn't have those stoppers under it? No, not wood on wood or any, or anything. Okay. You're going to have to carry this thing, and you already see Callie's fishing for it. She's, you know, reaching out, trying to string it forward, and she has, like I said, an intensity in her eyes that shows this is her goal, this is her objective. All right. Um, well, optimism wasn't the answer there. What if we take some of those planks, long planks, and just create like a, like just two long planks, and then two people on each side can carry it? You know, like like just long boards. That seems too precarious. I don't know. Do you do you think that would help or, or hinder us? I don't know. We're also in like a pinch here. We gotta figure out something soon and quick. Well, we've got what? One, two, three, four, five, six people? Step one, let's get this thing onto the solid ground instead of suspended in the hole. That's probably a good call. Agreed. Callie agrees. I agree, boys. Let's get this thing on safe ground. All right. Well, I do you think we're gonna do this, Callie, huh? as he points over to the Oracle of War dangling by the rope that we've haphazardly lashed together in the dark basement. Graf keeps one eye on the enemies just to make sure that they're not advancing yet. They aren't advancing. The Iron Juggernaut is circling the plaza menacingly, just has treads about it, and it's just grinding the stone and grinding the wood and debris underneath it. Do they know exactly where we are? Half of them do, because they've been firing at you this whole time. Lieutenant Sunder, which leads the Warforged soldiers, is surveying the plaza. He has a general idea of where you guys are. Callie speaks up. Does anyone have a 10-foot pole? Uh, we have these two-by-fours right here. We can push it with those. Erd looks at his great axe and the, the length of it. Uh, not quite 10 foot, but a couple feet with this thing. Nella crouches against the small window. This is for big people. I'll keep an eye out. You guys start maneuvering the Oracle of War, swinging it like a pendulum onto some safe ground where you can grab onto it and pull it close. All right. 
as the oracle swings, there's one swing where it kind of lurches back the other direction, and as a pendulum just swings just close enough to Erd where he can grab it and secure it with his two hands, and kind of struggles to, to grab it, and he gingerly starts lowering it to the ground next to Callie. Keep drinking those protein shakes, Erd. Callie's looking over this oracle. This, this is it. This is it. And she looks up at you. Yes. Yes, we can do this. Let's get this out of here. And she looks, she's like grabbing her her forehead, trying to remember. Erd, let's get this out of here, Erd. Let's go. But what about Dervo? Can, should we be getting him too? Can he help us? Dervo would know that we came here for a job and we're going to finish it. Let's get this thing out of here. All right, look. Callie, I agree that we need to get this out of here. But if we take this out into that plaza, I think we are done for. I think we might need to strategize a little bit. I don't know if we have much time. Nella, what's it look like out there? Nella's looking over the plaza as the debris from the entrance that the iron juggernaut has just barreled through starts collapsing a little bit. I don't know if we have much time. That entryway, which is now our exit, could be collapsing soon if we don't move quick. Callie looks over you guys. We got a choice to make. We either leave that through that exit or go look for Dervo. I say we get out of here. Graf's going to try and uh, use Thaumaturgy to create a distraction. What does Graf do? Graf peeks his little horned head out the door and points toward, yeah, the northeast area. And um, his idea is to sort of do it twice. Once to create sort of like a thunder crack and a groaning voice that speaks in tongues coming from the northeast corner. And then sort of a purple mist in the left half of this arena um, to sort of provide some cover for us. Graf, as you start weaving together fibers of magic, bringing about the purple mist and the booming voices, you see you grab the attention of a number of the Warforged as they think they are being flanked by some spiritual force. And they start heading up that alleyway. All right. It's a little better. Lieutenant Sunder is like, we refuse to be flanked. Everyone, get defensive positions. Hold down this alleyway. The Iron Juggernaut will pace the plaza. Um, and do we have any, like, flint and tinder or tinder sticks or uh, anything that can... Like, basically, I want to, like, slide it, like, kind of over into the middle of them to create more of a distraction. We have... We all have, like, tinder boxes in our packs. Is there a way we could create almost like a flare that we could just sort of huck into the middle of it and uh, just uh, further cause discord? Erd points over to the perfume shop and then to his bow. I think this could create a nice flare in the shop over there. You just say the word and I'm on it. Erd is ready to light a torch and then an arrow to set fire to the perfume shop. My man. You could easily rig an arrow to light a blaze temporarily to transport fire. So it's great that the Warforged are distracted on the exact other side of where we are, but that Juggernaut is still circling us. I wonder if one of us should try and lure it into the Hounds of Baraka's shop. That's where the floor is weakest and it should fall through. Well, I think that's our ultimate goal is to get there. So I'm cool with splitting the party if like two or three of us go there first, as long as the rest follow once the tank is, is through the floor. But I don't want to split us. I don't want us to end up in two different places. That's never going to be good. So, Callie, as far as I understood, our current plan is to head south towards the exit and get out of here and not go to Hounds, not look for Dervo. 
I disagree. That's what Callie wants, but I want to find Dervo. We want to find Dervo, so we're going to do it. Not only do we want to find Dervo, but we're not going to get out if that thing is chasing us, and the best way to make it not chase us is to put it through the floor of Hounds of Baracus. I thought we were... Callie? Yeah, Callie, what do you what do you think about that plan? We gotta get this we're not gonna make it with this thing chasing us. We wanna put it through the floor in the other room. I'm with the shaggy one. I think that's a great idea. We should get this oracle out of here as soon as we can. Nella's telling us that Caven could collapse and then we'd have to go the long way around. Callie, look, we're not gonna outrun a tank with this thing in tow. And he like he like forces her like to look at this thing that's doing fucking donuts in the in the arena. And as you are disagreeing amongst each other in a moment of contemplation, bolts from the musk perfumery come flying in. Erd, now. Erd grabs a torch in his hand and lights it and holds it up to his arrow. And he starts lighting the arrow as he drops the torch to the ground after his arrows aflame. And he pulls back his bow and releases his shot towards the perfumery. And the arrow flames as it goes towards it. The arrow ignites, whizzes through the air, the plaza's completely open, and it shatters into the musk perfumery with a giant <laughs> perfumes explode in a giant inferno. You can see the Warforge inside take a blaze. Their wooden armor and stone hides are charred and burned as the perfume around them swirls in a giant fireball of inferno. They're radically scarred and seriously crippled. They still keep coming, right? But they walk through the blaze like a Terminator. Hopefully that'll slow them down a little. All right, guys, it's now or never. We got to move. So do we head south to the exit or do we head north to the Hounds of Baracus? Baracus. Baracus. Callie, are you with us? Let's get this tank out of our hair, then we can get out of here safely. Just give me one person to carry this chest. Sprocket, are you with me? I'll do as I'm told. Sprocket and Callie flank the oracle and start to lift it. How does the potion of clairvoyance work? So it's a potion. Do I have to, like, throw it? You drink it and you get the ability to use clairvoyance. Like, would that be helpful to use right now to see if he's actually in bolts and tumblers? Have we been to bolts and tumblers yet? No. It has to be a place you have visited or seen before. Or in an obvious location that is unfamiliar to you, such as behind a door, around a corner. We have the map. We know where we are. We know where Dervo should be. You can ask Callie or Sprocket or Nella to see if they've been in bolts and tumblers. And maybe if they had, they can use it. They don't care about Dervo. All right, then. I care about Dervo, but I'm even more worried about, like, this tank is going to kill us. Yeah. I say let's act. Let's lure him in there. Erd will cover you guys from the message station as you as you lure the tank into the Hounds of Baracus. We slide her in the bolts and tumblers. We get Dervo out, and then we get the fuck out. That's the goal. So we're going to do that while Callie just heads uh, out on her own? We'll be with her. I think we got to split the party here. Yeah. We are, but fuck them. Like, they're going to die either way, so we can either try to solve the problem and get ahead of them so that they follow us first so they have a better shot, and hopefully we can deal with the tank and catch up with them. Callie's being a dick, though. I could stay with them for the time being. As you guys are deliberating, Callie and Sprocket, take control of the Oracle and start heading towards the door of the message station. At least let us lure the tank away first, Callie. Stop. Erd holds his arm back. You guys gotta wait. If you wanna get this thing out of here, you gotta wait. And Callie has this look about her. I'll give you one minute. Make it quick. You heard her. Go. This is everything we've been working for. You're not gonna screw us up now. We're not gonna screw it up. We've been working too. Come on, guys. Let's do this. 
Nella speaks up. I think we should get Dervo. I'm with these guys. Cool. Go with them, Nella. I got you. And Erd has his boat ready. Erd, keep him safe. Garam and Nella, let's roll. All right, let's run. Go. We're at nine o'clock. We need to get to like 10 o'clock, I think. I'm going to try and stealth from here to there and be like, let me go first, see if it notices me. The Iron Juggernaut does another patrol. Its rear side is pointed at you, giving you enough smoke and debris in the air for Graf to slip into mixed in with his purple fog. Natural 20. Gaining enough cover and confusion to slip up to Hounds of Baracus to the northwest. It was a 23. Awesome. Scrappy following close behind. Scrappy always follows me. That's a given. Yeah, do I see anything horrifying in here? Graf, as you run into Hounds of Baracus, the ruined stone has been mostly burned down. The Gorgon Seal of House Caneth is still visible above the door alongside the shop's name, House of Baracus. Inside, you can just make out a pair of scorched iron crates protruding from the mounds of ash. You see pieces of iron defenders in here that have worn away due to time and rust and just otherwise uh, mishandlement. I'll nab any parts that seem like they'd still function. Look away, Scrappy. You think the iron chests could have more valuable components to iron defenders. Can I look, Can I open them up? Yep, when we get there. All right, Nello, let's go. Let's try to get there quick. We follow. So I rolled a 16 for my stealth check. Plus advantage because of the smoke. <laughs> yeah, would that be with advantage or no? You managed to slip stealthily thanks to the debris and dust and everything that has been kicked up as well. Cool. So it's me, Nella, Scrappy, and Graf, right? Everyone else is staying behind. Correct. Now, is there a path? This room doesn't look like it has any doors. Is there a path from this room to Bolts and Tumblers? No. No, you got to go back down that hallway. Oh. You walk in and Bolts and Tumblers is its own self-contained shop. I kind of want to tell you guys to go to Bolts and Tumblers while I try to dance around and get this tank to follow me in here. I mean, if you, like, peek around and motion us the other way, we can probably see that. Yeah. I was thinking they connected, but it, basically we have to get trapped in Hounds of Baracas and assume that the tank will fall through, and if it doesn't, we're fucked. So at least you guys can get Dervo and go that way. I think if we all end up stuck in here, that's even worse. So I'm going to motion to you guys like... Ooh. As Nella is following behind Garam, she trips over a crate and it knocks over just smashing glass everywhere and just drawing um, crazy amounts of attention to you both. I run out to meet Nella. At this point, the Iron Juggernaut has done a full rotation and you captured the attention of the Juggernaut and some Warforged soldiers. So Garam, correct me if you have anything better, but I'm thinking I'm gonna run out, help Nella, pick her up, get her on her feet, and urge you two to go towards Bolts and Tumblers. And I'm gonna act like I'm running that way, but then I'm gonna look at the tank and try and draw it into Hounds of Baracus. Erd, you see Sprocket and Callie get in position with the Oracle as they start chomping at the bit to get out of here, especially seeing the Iron Juggernaut do a full rotation. Erd motions like looking at, a, at his watch. You said one minute. Tick, 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 as he readies his bow. Erd looks back over to Graf and Garum and kind of like nods his head quicker, like, let's go, let's go, let's go, motioning. Why don't you run out, grab Nella, and the two of you go, lure the thing, and then you'll be safer with two of you there. I'll go down. No one knows I'm here. I'll run down 
to Bolts and Tumblers and try to check out Dervo. If you don't see Dervo immediately, come back and meet us. Okay. Bolts come flying from the defensive position, Warforged, down the alleyway that you came into the plaza from. They are firing over the Iron Juggernaut, but they're trying their best to shoot up the western side of the plaza where you all are moving about. Bolts riddle the walls. Luckily, no one has taken a severe hit. They have come close, though. The Iron Juggernaut seems reared and ready to go full blast at you guys. All right, lure it. Go. Come on, Ella, let's go. And I run into House of Baracas, and I just launch an Eldritch Blast straight into the windshield of this fucking tank. Smoke pours out of its pipes out of the back of the Iron Juggernaut as it goes full blast as the treads are just grinding up against the stone. Dashing into this Baracus place. It smashes through the front of the windows, glass shattering everywhere. As its nose peaks the entrance, it just crackles the wood from underneath it. Make a dexterity save. 18. Graf, you managed to jump out of the way as the Iron Juggernaut takes a nosedive into the basement of Hounds of Baracus, and its treads are squealing loudly as the metal is a bit twisted and it's punctured. Its belly is a bit punctured from the wood from underneath the shop. So it's still right side up, though, right? No, it's nose down into the basement level of Hounds of Baracus. Can I make a quick check to see, like, are there any, like, exposed, like, sensitive parts that I could hit with a blast to, like, do more damage? Its underbelly is. I'll do it. You'll have disadvantage because of the positioning. Other people could attack it more easily since it's... Is it completely blocking my way out, too? You could jump on top of it and jump your way out of it. All right, I'm going to try and blast it and then do that. Nell is not having a good day as the wood crumbles underneath her feet and she falls into the basement as well, taking damage, tumbling up against the planks of wood. (laughs) And she collapses in and the iron juggernaut is sliding down foot by foot into the basement. She could get pinned, possibly even crushed by this iron juggernaut. The iron chests rattle open and you see these diamond teeth made for iron defenders scatter about. Roll 1d8 plus one. Four. Should Scrappy take a round to equip these fangs, you'll have four attacks with a plus one advantage on them. You don't mean advantage, you just mean a plus one modifier? Yeah, Scrappy will have plus one to four attacks before these iron teeth fade away. Okay, how many feet down is the basement? About 10 feet. Meanwhile, it sounds like Graf was successful in gaining the cover I need, so I'm going to scoot down the hallway to make it to Bolts and Tumblers. As you are running down the long stone passageway where you see the manticore seal of House Kunderak identifies the owner of this store as a locksmith of excellent skill. Much of the store appears to have been ransacked. A large walk-in safe dominates the far wall with a combination lock in its center. The corpse of a warforge lies just inside the store with an arrow lodged in its throat. Freshly spilled blood is pooled inside the store with a trail of blood drops leading to the safe. Is the safe open or closed? It is completely closed and locked. That's fun. Uh, Do I notice anything else as I look around super quickly from the entrance? Other than locks and picks, no. All right, I, I run up to the... Make a perception check. Okay, 18. You hear muffled screaming 
from the safe. Uh-oh. Mm, that's... That's fun. Okay. That might take more than 60 seconds. Uh, does it sound like a man or a woman screaming? You hear the sounds of a deep, gruff voice inside the safe. <laughs> Meanwhile, inside the message station, now, Sprocket! And they start muscling their way past Erd. Erd extends his arm back out. You gotta wait. Make a strength check. Erd rolls a 19. Wow, you managed to flex your muscles. How does Erd hold him back? Erd is thinking about Graf and Garum and all the crap they've been through, traveling through the Mornland, and he channels that into his arm as his muscles flex. You said one minute. We're waiting one minute. We'll get this thing out of here. Trust me. We've been out of sticky situations before. As he keeps one arm up and the other arm with his bow, ready to go to defend his friends if needed. Erd rules. Bolts fly through the doorway, skimming by both of you. The Look at the juggernaut, it's ready! We can get out through the exit! As the debris in the opening starts collapsing. You're gonna waste time! It's because of us that that happened. Give us 30 seconds to come back. So you can see that the that the debris from the entrance the Iron Juggernaut made into the south of the plaza is slowly collapsing. How much time does it, like, just by looking at it, how much time do I think we have before it completely collapses? You probably have maybe, like, two rounds. Okay. That's not going to (laughs) work. Which one are you talking about? Which exit? This one on the bottom here? The southern exit that the Iron Juggernaut blew through the walls is slowly collapsing. Should the debris fully cover this exit, you'll have to go the long way around to get the Oracle out. Meanwhile, go back to Graf up top in House of Baracus. Graf, thinking quickly, ties a rope to Scrappy and says, stay, and tosses the rope down to Nella and says, Nella, climb. Scrappy's holding the rope. I mean, Nella doesn't weigh much, right? She's life, she's pinned down by some rubble. Can she free, can you free yourself? Yes! She starts moving some of the rubble out of the way. Climb like the wind. She won't have enough time to climb though. And the iron juggernaut slowly sliding down, potentially crushing her. Just hold on and then I'll pull it up. Is that gonna work? She's holding onto the rope. She's clearing rubble from herself. She's still deep in the basement as the iron juggernaut slowly slides down. That's it for her. Can Scrappy hold Graf's weight if he were to try and climb down the rope? Absolutely, yeah. Scrappy's very strong. Scrappy's very strong. Okay, I'm gonna hold the rope and kind of jump down and attempt to help Nella. You jump down into the pit and you can see Nella holding onto the rope while trying to move debris off of her. I I aid her to the best of my ability, and if they if if she's free enough, I'll grab her and start climbing back up, or I'll have her hold onto my neck so I can climb freely. You free her of the debris and she hops onto you and you start climbing up the rope. And you both start climbing up the rope. Cool. But you're still at the, you're both at the bottom of this basement. If there's a check, I'll use um, a hero point to do advantage or whatever. You'll get plus 1d6 if you use a hero point. Can I use a, a supporter point to get an advantage then? Absolutely. Can I stack those? I really don't want to die in this fucking pit. <laughs> sure. This is, go- this is going out to Martin Helian and his dog, Ben. All right. Martin Helian. Ben. The power of Ben. Ben is scrappy. I am Martin. And now... Here we go. I'm rolling. My d20s are 11. Is this a strength or a dexterity? Strength. Okay. And um, so that would be, and then a hero point is 1d6. 
with Nella holding on for dear life, grabs back. He climbs the rope with a surprising display of strength that kind of surprises even him. And he just like thinks back to middle school gym class and is like, I did it. And he climbs the rope all the way up by channeling the power of Ben and Martin. And they get up safely and are not squashed by the fucking tank. Nice. You guys get to the top of House of Baracus as the iron juggernaut touches down at the basement and its treads seem to start squealing in reverse. It's going to be some time, but this thing will get out of this with enough time. Meanwhile, the warforged at the northeast entrance have held down in defense long enough, and Lieutenant Sundar does not like to be fooled. Get to the message station. And they move in an attack formation. The warforged inside Musk slowly claw their way out and they're charred, they're on their knees, their faces made of stone are completely expressionless as they crawl out of the burning inferno. And they do their best to fire whatever metal bolts from their crossbows across the way. One of them strikes Erd for five points of damage. It hits Erd and he didn't expect this bolt to come and hit him and Erd also is ready with an action. So he's gonna release an arrow right back in the direction to the where the bolts came from. So Erd reacts and just lets an arrow fly in that direction with a 15. The arrow strikes a Warforge, roll for damage. Nice, for seven damage. It destroys one of the Warforged that have been severely damaged inside the Musk Perfumery, dropping it to the ground. One down, yeah! And Erd points out to his, uh, to the people around him, um, Sprocket and Callie pointing over towards the directions of the Warforge that just uh, shot at them. And in a moment, Callie seeing Erd injured is a moment of concern about her. Erd! Just she seems to have a moment of clarity, but then realizes her job at hand. We, we have to go now! She starts to push her way through again. She's got to be under some kind of compulsion or something. Erd's going to try one more time. Uh, to hold them back, seeing that his friends aren't there, to see if he can buy a little bit more time, and he sticks his arm out one more time. Trust me! Four, four and 11. Callie's full of determination and busts through Erd's strength. Perhaps the bolt sent him a little bit off kilter. Sprocket and Callie, with the oracle in between them, have exited the message station. You can see Sprocket looking over with his, sol- his face of solid stone, just giving her a look as he passes by solemnly. You're best to, 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 to join us if you want to live. Meanwhile, in bolts and tumblers, I run over to the giant safe and I knock on the door and I I sternly say, Dervo, I don't want to shout because I don't want to raise suspicions, but I, I speak loudly. No, scum, you're not going to kill me. I'm with Callie. I'm a gray dog. We need to go. Callie? Gray dog? Let me out! I'm not gonna die in here! Can't, you can't get out? No, I can't get out! I'm locked in here! I hid in here from the Warforged! How'd you get in there? How do I get you out? Uh, Tandor has the combination! Tandor? No! <laughs> Wait, did we find anything on Tandor? I got it, I got it! We did! That was a very long time ago. So Garam, in a moment of panic, he throws his hands over his face and he like drops to his knees. But then he realizes, wait, there was something when we found Tandor. And I reach into my pocket and I pull out 
the what I assume to be the combination, those mysterious numbers. Is is it like a a number padlock? How how is this set up? There are dials that you just turn. Great. Uh, I type in three nine two three eight. And each successive number, you hear a kunk, 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 kunk. and the safe unlocks in front of you as the wheel just slides away. Awesome. I open up the door and I, I put a friendly hand out to Dervo and I say, I'm with Callie. We need to go right now. And you see this fat old dwarf with an eye patch on just sitting there. <laughs> I don't know how long I could have lasted. Wasn't expecting something like you, but let's go, boy. So I grab his arm and I pull him out and we make our way back to the hallway. Dervo has joined the party. I like Dervo. Keep him around. He can be our fourth. As you guys start stumbling out, you can definitely see down the hallway a lot of action has shifted. So as as we make it so that the plaza is within sight, what is the gist of what we're seeing? In the plaza, you can see a lot of commotion as the warforged that we're defending against a theoretical flanking position have moved into an attack position. Lieutenant Sunder is just standing tall. Normally, in the defensive position, he was hiding... He was utilizing the strategies of his other compatriots, but now he's leading with some sort of fury with his sights set on the message station. You can hear the squealing of the juggernaut as it's trying its best to reverse itself out of the Hounds of Baracus. Black smoke pours out from the direction of Hounds of Baracus, engulfing that whole northwest uh, section in a choking fog. I turn to Dervo and I say, when you get into the main plaza, go south and check on Callie. And you both are running down the hallway. What's happening in Hounds of Baracus? All right, so Graf's thinking quick. He's on his feet. He's terrified of this fucking thing collapsing and taking the whole everything with him. So he rips off a piece of his shirt, fashions a very crude cushion, puts it on the back of Scrappy, and looks at uh, Nella and says, I need you to trust me. And he encourages her to, I mean, he picks up Nella and, like, puts her on Scrappy's back, Graf points, and says, Scrappy, go to Erd. And Scrappy will leap over the tank and get them out of there. Oh, nice. You're it's just, it's just them two, or are you both riding Scrappy? I'm not, I, it'd be too risky for me to ride Scrappy. It's too much weight. As Nella's placed on Scrappy, the eyes of the Iron Defender blaze in orange, and it hears, go to Erd and it just claws its way across the remaining debris of the House Baracus floor and leaps. Sorry in advance, Nella. Over the ravine that has been caused by the juggernaut's plummet into the basement, and it's clawing along the back of the iron juggernaut. And before you know it, it's engulfed by the dark smoke and fog leaking out the back of the juggernaut. Sure hope that was the right move. As the juggernaut lurches and shudders around. Scrappy struggles and slides back towards Graf as his attempts to fully jump and run across the juggernaut aren't 100%. He's struggling, but he's he's getting his way there. That's frustrating. So what's the deal? Is he above ground? Is he stuck on this tank? Is he what? He's stuck on the tank. He's just he managed to get to the backside of it and like slid back as the thing lurched. I am going to die. Meanwhile, What's Erd doing? After Callie and Sprocket make their way past Erd with his arm lifted up, he takes that same arm that's up and shifts it into his pocket and 
grabs the crisp the, the crystal uh, to see if you can make a connection to Nimble. You feel the emotions of Nimble wave over you. They're a feeling of concern, a feeling of remorse, a feeling of alertness as Nimble sends messages that there's a moment of opportunity down by the Dragon's Horde shop. It seems void of Warforge. It seems now would be the opportunity to slip out. So Erd's gonna make his way and follow, remembering what the mission is, and he's he's split in this one moment whether to wait for his friends or to keep moving with Callie and Sprocket, but he remembers, you know, the missions to get the Oracle. So he's gonna keep following Callie and Sprocket and hope that his friends can come by and quickly glances over to the direction of the hallway to see if he can see either Graf or Garum or hear anything from them. You see the backside of the Iron Juggernaut belching black smoke, choking Hounds of Arrakis. You hear or see nothing from within the shop. It looks like this Juggernaut has crashed in, tipped up, could be burning for all you know for all this smoke. You hear or see nothing down the hallway towards bolts and tumblers. You can see Lieutenant Sunder and his Warforged soldiers are moving in attack position and they've reached the middle of the plaza. And Lieutenant Sunder just stops and points right at Sprocket. You fellow brethren, what are you doing? You see Sprocket just turn stiff all of a sudden and his eyes shine like gems for a second. And his head rapidly turns towards Lieutenant Sunder and he lets go of the Oracle as Callie drags it a bit. Can Eric do a reflex save to see if he can try to grab the Oracle and save it from falling? Go for it. Okay. Or dexterity athletics or dexterity acrobatics. Whatever's most favorable. If you have proficiency in dexterity save, go for it. Yeah. If you have proficiency in dexterity acrobatics, use that. Doesn't matter. It's a bad roll. So a seven with acrobatics. So you're caught off guard seeing Sprocket all of a sudden stop and drop this oracle and it clunks down a bit and rattles. It doesn't seem to be severely harmed in any way other than Callie now dragging it. Her speed is severely hampered. Erd is going to be standing near Callie with another arrow ready to go, uh, being ready to trigger if anybody gets close to the oracle. Erd's mission at this point is just to protect the or- oracle. Do you help Callie in taking the oracle of war? Actually, yeah, no, Erd is going to help Callie. He's going he's gonna to grab the oracle and help Callie, yep. So after missing his reflex save, Erd just misses the handle and the oracle taps the ground and he grabs the other side of it and lifts it up with Callie, just locking eyes with her for a second and giving her a nod. She looks over her shoulder at the front position of the oracle and you two usher it along with the help of the wooden gurney-like structure that you've used with the planks. Garm, you're running down the hallway and you crest the entryway into the plaza. So I immediately push Dervo uh, a little bit south and I I say, go help Callie get the Oracle out. Uh, and I, I kind of push him off to the south and I, I quickly take a look to Hounds of Baracus and I, I don't like what I see. So I quickly approach and is there enough space for me to peek around the wall inside? No. It's completely choked. The juggernaut is bigger than the entryway and has made a new entryway for itself. 
and in the collapsed debris, there's no way that I can like take a peek. It, there's smoke and debris and grinding metal. There's a lot going on here. Would I be able to like crawl on top of the juggernaut? You certainly can try. It's belching black smoke and squealing as it's trying to reverse itself. It's shuddering every now and then, gaining new traction. And so I'm worried and I don't have a good feeling. So I'm going to try and climb this thing to see if I can make it into Hounds of Baracus enough to at least call out for Graf, for Nella, for Scrappy. Make a strength athletics check. So that's a 12. You managed to climb your way up the back of the iron juggernaut, smoke belching in your face, blinding you. But you make it to the top. Great. Um, now that I'm on top, I want to climb it, like climb along into the Hounds of Baracus. As you stumble your way through the smoke, you're blinded a little bit, your eyes are watering. And just before you crest the smoke, you're plummeted by a big iron defender with a Nella passenger as they claw their way over the Iron Juggernaut into the plaza, jumping over you and the Iron Juggernaut, and you're knocked down. So in that unfortunate knockdown, I did notice that Graf was not with them. So I continue along. I'm trying to climb into Hounds of Baracus, and I shout out to Graf, Graf, are you there? Graf, you see Garum climbing the back of this iron juggernaut. Atta boy. I'm here. I'm just working on how to get out of here. My goal is to acrobatics my way out of here, right? So I want to get as close as I can on relatively solid ground and then make an acrobatics check to get up and over and out. I don't think that'll be a big problem, but I don't know like what ground is safe, what ground's not. I don't know where it the hole starts versus where it's sticking out of. You know what I mean? So I just want to, do you think I can make an acrobatics check and do that? You can run and jump over the open chasm that has been created to get on the iron juggernaut. That would be your first step. Is that like three feet or is that like 12 feet? It's doable. All right, I'm going to get a running start and I'm going to do that. I might use one more fan point, I think. Cully Morrow. This strange phrase enters into Graf's head as he makes this impossible jump. Cully Morrow, Cully Morrow. Okay, he feels ready to make the jump. Keeping Kelly Morrow in his head, Graf runs and makes the jump. Rolled a nine the first time, but got a 13 the second time. So Graf, jumping over the ravine, lands on top of the iron, the face of the iron juggernaut. You can look within and you see the Warforge driver furiously working at the controls and he looks up. Perfect, witch bolt. He just takes two fingers, sword mudra, points right at him. Witch bolt. And uh, that's a 13 to hit. It crackles off the side of the plexiglass-like windshield. All right. He shakes his head. Would have been nice. And then makes back toward, toward, the, toward the plaza. You're still climbing up the juggernaut. Come on, Graf. We have to go. My hope would be to kill the guy so they don't get it out. I want it to stay stuck here. So you see a volley of arrows from the attacking Warforged. One hits Cali. Another one hits Erd for three damage. Or gets hit, but he still holds on to the Oracle as he looks over to Callie, who also gets shot. Two hit Scrappy. And Nella's crouching down, riding this wild iron defender as it scrapes across the plaza's stone floors, heading towards Erd. Scrappy boy, hey! And you see Nella holding on for dear life. 
Oh my god! Well, this is a sight for sore eyes, huh? But don't be so happy as Erd points over to all the Warforge standing in the lobby. Erd, what do you do? What are you doing? Are you helping Callie move this? Yeah, he's looking over to Callie like, let's go, pick it up. And he starts almost like pulling her along to the open entrance. With your strength combined, you're working to move this chest slowly but surely, moving 30 feet at a time. You can see the exit is collapsing. You don't have much time left as debris is slowly encompassing the way the Iron Juggernaut burst through the walls. And Erd, as he's moving, he tries to take one of his available, his available arm and shifts it back into his pocket to touch the, touch the crystal to see how he feels about moving through this, uh, distru- uh, this collapsing uh, exit. And Erd keeps moving forward. Nimble's positively reinforcing you, coaxing you forward to the Dragon Horde shop. Let's go. Dervo crests the corner and starts heading towards Erd. Come on, Sprocket, we gotta get out of here. What's Sprocket doing, if you don't mind me asking? How is he reacting now after that interaction? You're looking over your shoulder, Erd, and you see Sprocket, his eyes glowing brightly, and he seems to be in a trance. He doesn't look good. He seems to be unsheathing his weapon. Lieutenant Sunder speaks up. These are our lands now, fleshbags. Our brethren will unite. With our physical prowess and the knowledge of the Oracle, we will reign the land of mourning. And the war forged around them, pound their armor, and they reload their crossbows, sharpen their arm blades. They're they're ready to run forward as they see the oracle coming across the plaza. Scrappy and Nella are in the middle of the convening war forged garm. So at this point, can I see Graf yet? You cross through the last of the smoke cloud. Your eyes are cleared up, and in a blurry haze, you see Graf climbing the iron juggernaut with all his might and strength, the crackling energy of a Eldritch Blast rippling across the hide. Be careful where you shoot that thing. God. And uh, is he close enough for me to grab his arm and yank him over? You can grab his forearm and yank him up to the top of the iron juggernaut. All right, I pull him up and I say, this doesn't sound good. We need to go help them right now. Couldn't agree more. I make sure that he's like with me and I jump down. Pulling Graf up and over the iron juggernaut, you both jump through the black smoking cloud and land on your feet in the plaza ahead. Make dexterity acrobatics checks. That's gonna be a 22. Damn, dude. Garen with the rolls today. Uh, 23. Nice. We do a flip in midair and land on our feet. Crouching tiger, hidden dragon. Matrix reloaded, the camera stops, hands around both sides. And you land on the plaza floor and you survey the land. It's looking perilous. The Warforged soldiers have moved in an attack position and are closing in on Nella and Scrappy, which are in the middle of Kali and Erd, lifting the Oracle of War as best as they can to the collapsing exit in the southern entrance. Dervos at the side of Sprocket, coaxing him on, let's get out of here. Sprocket stands there as a pillar. You're unsure of what's going on with him exactly. One Warforged soldier stands guarding the southern entrance. All right, so seeing all of this crazy madness, I'm gonna get down on all fours and my clothes start to rip a little bit as my muscles get a little bit bigger, I get a little hairier, face gets a little longer, and I start charging right at the Warforged who's guarding the southern exit. Fuck yeah. Let the beast out, Garib. You'll get halfway through the plaza. As I'm charging, cool. 
Graf runs up to catch up with Garum and shouts to Scrappy, head south, get out of here with the rest of them. And then um, Eldritch blasts the closest soldier and continues trying to run towards the south himself. Nice green Eldritch Blast. A little bit of lightning comes down from the air and sort of just swirls around in his hand like a fine wine and just pushes it forward right into the face of this Warforged right here. Roll for it. Clearing a path. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Yes! 20. Not a natural, but a 20. And that is a D10 plus 3. Launches that little lightning bowl, little ball of lightning straight into the Warforged dumb face for a whopping six damage. And just doesn't stop, keeps moving right toward the south exit. The Warforged pulses with energy and you've disabled it. It's still trudging along, but it's lacked a, a lot of its energy. Sweet. Keep moving. He just shouts to anyone who'll listen. And Scrappy and Nella continue riding south and the Warforged lets them slip right by. Nice. Maybe maybe that's not nice. Erd, Callie, and the Oracle are right at the southern entrance, seeing the debris collapse around. Dervo, uncertain about Sprocket, ah, you forget you, you dumb thing, and he just books it towards Scrappy, Nella, Erd, Callie, and the Oracle. Dervo looks at you, Graf. Graf just kind of gives him a, a big smile like an uncharacteristically genuine smile and says, hi. Lieutenant Sunder raises his fist. A hatch on the back of the Iron Juggernaut opens up, revealing a small cannon with a chain fixture, and it fires out at Garum. Garum, as you're running on all fours, you just feel this noose wrap around your neck clotheslining you, knocking you prone in the middle of the plaza. And you take four damage. I managed to gasp out, keep going! That applies to everyone but me. The southern exit is collapsing. Garum. You can see that it's like drawing some blood around my neck. Doesn't look good. It's a great time. I'm having a lot of fun over here. I calmly just stand up and I, I draw my bow. I get ready. I'm going to try to make a shot on this guy because it looks like there's four dudes around him. Wait, you're still chained and choking and you're going to attack a dude? Yep. Okay. Yeah. I thought like you got to your feet so you could make an attack on the chain. That's what you would think, right? Yeah. Okay. And we'll see if my attack will connect or not. Like a leashed beast, Garm gets to his feet and just flashes out. Can't chain the beast. It's a little weird because I'm pretty close to this guy, but you see that I'm actually aiming for like a lofted attack. Oh, thank you, Rolls. They're still doing good. That's going to be a 20 to hit. Roll for damage. Awesome. So you see the arrow gets unleashed. It flies upward, and between all the smoke and and the weird purple mist that rose up. You lose sight of the arrow, and instead what falls down is just a whole rain of arrows, as if it was hailing arrows from the sky. Nice. And so that guy and the others around him need to make a dexterity saving throw. What's the DC? 12. They all fail. They, oh, that's awesome. All right, let's do this in stages. The first stage, the guy that hits, the guy that I hit, uh, he's going to take seven. And then 
everyone, including that guy again, is going to take four extra piercing damage from the Hail of Thorns. The main guy that you targeted gets penetrated and crumples down his life energy exhausted from him. The rest of them do their best to hold up their arm blades as they try to defend from this mysterious rain of arrows that have just appeared out of nowhere as this snarling beast just summons this magic from the sky. He's restrained, but he's not going down without a fight. And so I shout to everyone who's already kind of hoarding around the southern area. I shout out to them, keep going, get out of here. Erd, you hear this from Garam as he has just summoned this magic into the battlefield. What do you do with Callie? And just hearing, hearing Garam say this and seeing his actions and the arrows fly down, he just all, all speed ahead. And he picks up and starts moving. And as he starts moving, he slips his hand back into his pocket and touches the crystal. And you see him just start to twitch and rage. Except this time, strength is not his his modifier. It's going to be dexterity. As he sees himself moving through this collapsing entryway, thinking that his dexterity will help him save any potential disaster ahead of him. And he just pushes, come on, Callie, let's go! And put, almost pulls her, pushes her forward as he moves as fast as he can. Handling the crystal, you summon its power and your muscles just twitch and flex. You feel the crystal grow in your hand. Now it's the size of an apple as the amorphous goo seems to just slowly, like through osmosis, starts absorbing into your body. And with a fleet of foot, you're pushing the oracle and Callie all of a sudden feels the surge of energy as you're running up the collapsing wall and rubble, deftly navigating around the debris that lies at your feet. And you manage to get through to the other side safely as it's collapsing all around you. And Erd, as he's passing through, bricks passing through his head, he looks back to Garib and Graf and just, let's go! The Warforged standing guard tries to swipe at you and twice, and it goes wide. One of them striking true, striking the Oracle, chipping it a bit, splinters of wood. It's still good, it's still good. Erupting in the sky. Dervo, doing his best, runs up and tries to push the Warforged down. Oh yeah, oh. And before you know it, the Warforged tumbles backwards as Dervo pulls a strong arm on him. Ah, you son of a bitch! And football pushes him into the ground, tumbling the Warforged backwards, making enough room. Still got it, old man. Try to lock me up, William! Throw and picks him up off his ass. And as this is all happening, the walls collapsing around you, the entryway is quickly closing, and you look back and you can see Garum still chained up around his neck, just tightening, slowly pulling him backwards as the reel from the Iron Juggernaut starts tightening. And Lieutenant Sunder, you flesh bags will not live to see another day. And the Warforged start to move into a position around him. And Lieutenant Sunder has this arm blade that seems to just extend in size as he holds it out menacingly at Garum as he walks forward step by step. Bad. What do you do, Graf? So that's Sprocket up there on sort of the left. Um of this circle, right? He's just kind of frozen with trying to be possessed by the other guys. But everyone else has made it through. Yeah. Graf is going to cast Expeditious Retreat on himself. 
which is a bonus action, which gives him a free dash action every turn. Graf dashes to meet Garum. Out of the dust and smoke and embers, you're met with Sprocket standing there in the dust. But see, but he wasn't there. That's why I did it. He had a reaction that when anything came forward, he would react and move his movement speed to move in, into him. Keep getting negged. So you're stonewalled by the figure of Sprocket as it just appears out of the dust and debris of the fog of war that's happening. And he strikes down at you and hits you. His arm blade glowing this strange aura for eight points of damage. Don't have time for you right now, friend. The exit is collapsing. Yeah, I know. But Garam and I can find a different way out if we have to. The bulk of the people are out, which is good. So if he's not currently grabbing me, I'm going to continue my dash the long way around. And then I'm going to finally try to free Garam with Green Flame Blade to create sort of this like beautiful shimmering scimitar in his hand that's covered in green flames and just bring it down hard on the chain and free his friend. You can roll damage and it might not be enough to cut through the chain. Is it, are we talking steel here or are we talking like a shitty fucking chain from the middle medieval times? Come on. It's a pretty strong chain. Okay, you might be right. Um, I gotta try. I don't think I have anything better. So, I'm gonna roll for damage. Um, do you have any hero points left? No. There are early adopters for advantage. You can't do advantage on a damage roll, though. We got 12 damage. Perfect roll. You strike down at the chain, and the chain is slowly breaking, but it's still holding strong. It's not our day today, huh? All right. Graf has doubled back into the battlegrounds. Garam, the chain around your neck tightens even more so as you start getting dragged into the iron juggernaut. Lieutenant Sunder looks down at you and takes a strike at you with his long arm blade, hitting you for 11 damage. So you can see that uh, that big ol' arm blade hit something that it probably shouldn't have, and I just collapse, unconscious. Hang in there. The other Warforge starts surrounding Graf. One of them strikes Graf for two points of damage. Graf's looking a little rough. Erd and the rest of you. Scrappy and Nella are clawing their way around. Callie and Erd have the Oracle in between them. Dervo is doing his best to tumble his way through with his old hobby knobby legs. And you manage to get to the fountain where you saw the messenger wink out of existence. And there you see Nimble the pseudo-dragon slithering out of the dragon's horde with his eyes set on Erd. He's coming after Erd. Erd reaches his hand out to Nimble. It slithers up your arm and coils itself around you, gripping you tightly. I'm just picturing Nimble as a chicken with the head of a dragon. I don't know if that's <laughs> accurate, but I like it. Yeah, that's pretty good. You see the debris collapsing. There could be enough for one person to slip through. As Nimble coils around Erd's hand, he looks over to Dervo and to Callie and to Nella, and also to Scrappy, and he said, who's coming with me? And he just starts running his way back through the rubble, dropping the Oracle as gingerly as he can to go try to save his friends. And he pushes his way through the collapsing 
entryway. Callie. Uh, the Oracle, the Oracle. I can't do this alone. She's dragging it slowly, just one five foot section at a time. Dervo, get this. And Dervo starts moving into position to help out Callie. The rubble of the entryway is collapsing around. Erd, you're gonna have a tough time getting back in there. You could try to prevent it from collapsing completely, maybe providing exit for any compatriots that are left, Sprocket or Garum or Graf, but it's looking very tight and there's gonna have to be a moment where a decision needs to be made to stay on either side. So Erd's gonna try to go through and see if he can buy one more round or some more time, clearing some of the rubble out of the way to see if his compatriots can get through. Make a strength athletics check. Nice. So Erd rolls an 18 with plus five, that's a 23. You managed to buy a round. And Erd is just, as he has Nimble on one hand, he's just grabbing all the rubble and pushing it out of the way as he's looking over to Garam and Graf. And he's like, we got a little more time, guys. Come on, hurry up. Rocks are tumbling, wood splintering in. Erd's doing his best to swipe them, to raise them, to hold up a beam to prevent rubble from collapsing in on anyone else. But he's fighting a losing battle. Tight. Can Scrappy do anything to help or sense that we are bad or get through the rubble? He has attacks. He has that ranged attack, right? Yeah. But, it, I mean, he can't go through stuff. He'd have to get to the other side. Scrappy's there with Erd looking on with Nella on his back, waiting a command, not really sure where to go. Yeah. No, that's fair. Dervo and Callie have taken the Oracle and are moving it further down. Garum, choking up blood, gasping. I roll a failing death save. <coughs> Spits up more blood, getting choked as Lieutenant Sunder and the rest of the Warforge surround him and look over him menacingly as it's dragged into the Iron Juggernaut's open hatch. Graf. All right, I, um, I step closer to Garum. I give him a potion. Um, I uncork the potion I, the heal, it's, it's a standard healing potion, I think, right? Yep. Um, and it's it's 1d8. It's 2d4 plus two. Oh, nice. Do I roll it or does he roll it? Um, you can roll it. All right, a one and a four, cool. So that would be seven then? Yep. Right, so now I'm at seven. <laughs> Great. Um, do my death saves go away? I'm gonna say no, for this time. And he's gonna try the green flame blade one more time. And once again, that sort of weird-looking scimitar that's kind of crystally phases in and out of reality, but it covered in green flame. It just slams down on that chain as hard as fucking possible. Um, and that's a four more damage to the chain. The chain seems unaffected by your damage. Plus one fire. Got resistance towards the slicing damage that you're doing. Nothing. The right. magical power damage that you're doing. This chain is is hardy and thorough. The Warforged have surrounded Garum, and they have their arm blades ready. We're in a bit of a pickle, my friend. And they're going to lash out at Graf. One of them hits Graf for three damage. Graf is uh, looking pretty bloodied, like, even further. The Warforged are swarming now. The one guarding... Oh, that's the one Dervo pushed over. He gets to his feet, runs towards Erd, rolls to attack Erd, who's doing his best to hold up the rubble. He's gonna try his best to. He's got disadvantage. The rubble's pinning his arm blades down. He's not gonna make it. He looks like he's gonna get crushed by some of this debris that's collapsing around him. 
I turn to Graf and I say, we don't have to both be here. Go, get out of here. Nah. Garm further slides away into the iron juggernaut's hatch. And right before it closes, I shout, get out of here now. He's now inside the beast, the belly of the Iron Defender. And as the hatch closes, you just see Garam facing iron arm blades and they stab into him. And you take nine points of damage. You can see that I just fall down lifeless. I currently have one failing death save on my turns. I'll keep rolling them unless I get brought back. Graf. So I've got three Warforged and the Commander, like, in my immediate range. Will I get an attack of opportunity if I move out of this spot? They will. That's what I mean. Unless you disengage with an action. And they all won't. I'm kind of one good hit away from joining you. Um, yeah, you hear my words echo in your head. Get out. Get out. Get out. Graf, looking almost annoyed, says, I'll be back for you, fuzzball. He disengages and then does a double dash through the rubble back to Erd. With your expeditious retreat, you're a blur across the plaza as you manage to get to the southern exit where Erd is holding up the last of the collapsing debris. Thought I'd never see you, Graf. <laughs> Lift with your knees. Yeah, we're scared They got him. Let's get out of this uh, spot, Erd. And as it's collapsing, Erd backs away. Back to the exit way where Callie and now Graf are. As the rubble collapses, you see the warforged surround Sprocket on the plaza. As if a cult has just initiated a new member, they place their iron hands on top of him and his eyes just blaze in this crazy multicolored light and he starts to wink out of it and he looks towards the collapsing rubble and his hand reaches out to Erd and Graf and you just hear, I'm so, 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 so sorry. And as the remaining rubble collapses, you see deep within the plaza, down the hallway from the northeast entrance. Fuck. A group of adventurers comes down the hallway, doing their best to fight their own Warforged troubles. As you see the gentry enter the plaza as the rubble collapses, sealing off your entrance into the plaza. The Hall of Mirrors to the east, which lies behind you to the Dragon's Horde, is swarming with Warforged. The corridor that you entered the Fireweave Bazaar with is completely clear. Off in the distance, you see a very familiar object, the reinforced shimmering purple carriage of the gentry that you saw at Salvation. What do you guys do? I chug a potion. Erd's gonna do the same thing. I take a shot. Grab a potion, but then he's gonna run over to the Oracle. Dervo and Callie are carrying the Oracle out of the Fireweave Bazaar. And Erd's gonna run over. Guys, we can use this, let's get out of here! Callie's pointing at the purple shimmering carriage. We don't have a lot of time, these Warforged are hot on our heels, let's get out of here! Graf's like, if we take this, we're basically giving them a death sentence too. And they're the only chance Garum has of 
not dying. And again, you hear Garum's words echo in your head. Get out. Get out. Get out. <sighs> She's right. Take the carriage. Make sure it's empty first. Let's go. We run over to the carriage. You see this steel-reinforced purple shimmering carriage just pulled by these two strange creatures. They're unibiclopses. These unibiclopses, they have two horns for eyes and one eye where a horn should be. These strange, magical, twisted beasts are pulling this carriage, and it lies in wait as you approach it. The hatch opened. Isn't this a little convenient? Seems quite convenient. I said it's a Cali. We could use a little convenience right now. I'm not hauling this thing all across the Mornland, are you? Do you know how to drive? She starts lifting it with Dervo into the back of the hatch. Yeah. All right. I don't know how to ride one of those monsters, but uh, I'm sure we'll figure it out. He's just kind of despondent, sarcastic. He's just in a bad mood. And Erd helps them, just feeling the pressure of the situation and, you know, also having Nimble around his hand, you know, wanting to get away from the danger, helps them push the oracle into the back of the cart. Scrappy and Nella are running alongside as well. Nella slides off of Scrappy. Here's a trip I don't know if I want to ride again. <laughs> Let's get on this thing, guys. Let's go. Everyone starts piling onto the carriage and you feel the weight of the oracle and everybody weighing down this carriage. These unibiclopses Biclopsaurus. are trying their best at the command of Callie to move this carriage forward. It seems like the carriage could use a little bit more pull. Scrappy. He whistles over to Scrappy and Erd takes a little bit of the remaining rope that is lashed around the oracle and throws it over to Graf. Leash him up. Do it. You can, you can handle this little guy. And then as Graf is doing that, Erd looks over to Graf and says, you know, this thing, this, this oracle, told us what to do in there. I wonder if it could help us out now. Graf is literally considering just blasting the oracle, blowing it up right now. Wasn't worth any of this. Doesn't even work. It's junk. Could be the thing that destroyed Sire. Maybe he can tell us what to do with Garum. How to get out of this mess. You lash Scrappy to the front of the Unibiclopses, and they... One, two, I. Together in tandem, start pulling this carriage away from the Fireweave Bazaar. As we lurch forward, I take one of the little pieces of parchment from the Oracle. So there you have it. You've successfully captured the Oracle of War and have met a whole host of interesting characters in search of this legendary artifact. It has not come without sacrifice, though, and as the rabble speeds through the streets of Kalazart, you're wondering about your new compatriots, the Grey Dogs, and your old compatriot, Garum. And as we chug along in the, the caravan, Erd has Nimble with him, and as Nimble coils around his finger, he thinks back to Garum and hopes he's okay. He knows Garum's gotten out of these situations before and just looks up to the sky and thinks back to the statue of Doldorn and wishes for strength for Garum and for whatever he's going through and looks for a little guidance from Nimble. Nimble is a mix of emotions right now. Betrayal, loyalty, all of these feelings just surge through you as you learn the ways of your new compatriot and it guides your emotions internally. Graf is annoyed that he feels guilty about taking the gentry's carriage. Graf also blames himself for uh, Garum getting caught 
for not being able to break the chain. Yeah, Graf is really upset about Aram, but Graf is also realistic enough to not go down trying to break a chain he can't break surrounded by four enemies. Sprocket, has he been working for the Warforged army this whole time? We're not sure. The rabble has seen a lot and has been through many adventures together. And this is another chapter in their story. With all your experiences, who knows what the rest of the Mornland has in store for you as you try to navigate this Oracle of War back to salvation. Yaram is able to like stir a little bit, regain a little bit of consciousness and <coughs> roll a death save. Don't tell us. This is season two of Eberron Chronicles, Oracle of War. DM'd by Alex LaFerrier, played by Andrew Gallagher, Ian Selig, and John Selig, and is an Orange Eyes creative work. This is one chapter of Episode 2, The Voice in the Machine, by Will Doyle. Written as a D&D Adventurers League campaign. Influence this game and story at eberronchronicles.com. Tune in next week when our adventurers encounter... Callie's just keeping her eyes set forward on the road ahead of her. Hey, Graf, catch. I'm glad we found you. I, you know, I thought I was going to die in there. I wasn't sure if I'd ever even see you again, Dervo, so. Ah, come on, boy. We did the job, didn't we? Uh, you got your fucking treasure, huh? You treasure. happy? You talking about the Oracle? Yeah, and Sprocket. Yeah, and your buddy Sprocket, too, huh? You're quick to throw him out. What the hell is wrong with Callie? Bird is hacking away at them. Graf is blasting away. Bodies are flying up in the air. You leave some of that for Garam, all right? We're going to drink the rest of that bottle together or pour it out for him, whichever. Please rate and subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us out. Email the show directly at speakingstone at eberronchronicles.com. You are our dragon shards and keep this show powered 